Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane's podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a coach for women in Japan and the creator of the Jumpstart course and the Women in Japan Mastermind and soon to be opened new thing that I'm <laughs> starting is my Sparkle membership. So if that sounds interesting to you, and you want to know how you can sparkle more in the last half of this year, then make sure you ask me about that. The doors to sparkle will be open until July 1st. So um, you can find out how to join that in the show notes for this episode. It's a six-month, very um, low-key program. You're not going to have to show up every day to sparkle more. This is just about how we can change um, some of the things we do in our lives so that we can slowly step by step move towards being uh, you know living and being the kind of person you want to be so today on the podcast i have for you helen helen otori from the uk she's now uh, in osaka but she's been here for over 30 years and i hope you will enjoy our our interview today we've got um you know helen has some great stories about how she came to be here and what it was like excuse me living in ishikawa prefecture 30 years ago so i cannot even imagine what that must have been like because i regularly visit totori prefecture which is not that far away from ishikawa prefecture and it's yeah it's it's even um more sort of old style than where I live now here in Fukushima. So not many foreigners around, you know what I mean. So yes, she's going to tell us, or she tells us all about that. And also about how it came about that she started up her own English school and what happens when, um, and she, you know, has a story about what happens when you try to be too Japanese or try to be too perfect, try to do everything yourself in this country. And I think that's a great story for a lot of us to maybe take a, uh, a listen to and learn a lesson from potentially, potentially about um, what kind of standards we might be holding ourselves up to that aren't necessarily there. Um, and that are effectually uh, in effect, actually I can't even talk this morning, <laughs> that are in effect, um, you know, ruining our health. And this is what happened to Helen. So please do listen um, about what happened there. And at the end, Helen tells us some of the things that she has a dream about for the future. So I'd love you to listen to that as well. Um, very exciting things. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Hi, Helen. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane's podcast. It's great to have you here today. Hi, Jane. Thank you for inviting me on. <laughs> yeah, so this episode's been a long time coming. I'm so <laughs> We've been talking about it months ago, but it's yeah. happening, so I'm so excited. And before we push record, actually, um, I was just like sort of gobsmacked that we've never actually spoken to each other no. before. Yeah, um, we've messaged and you know 
you know, texted yeah. each other and all those sort of things. On yeah, I see you every day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you're someone who I like to see every day. I've seen you every. I see you every day. <laughs> yeah, but we've never actually spoken. No, but it's, it's an absolute really pleasure. Seem like we have never spoken, so that's kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, whereabouts in Japan are you, Helen? Okay, well, my home is in Kishiwada, which is in the southern part of Osaka Prefecture. So we're about 25 minutes north of Kansai Airport and about 30 minutes south of Osaka City. And it's famous for the Danjiri Matsuri. Ah, yes. What's that for the people who don't know? Okay, it is the crazy one that um, you often see on TV. And they pull carts around corners at really, really... Um, breathtaking and very dangerous speeds mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's become um, a pretty huge uh, festival here in this area of Japan um, as I said and if you say the word Kishiwara to people that's what most people uh, associate with it right yeah so is that when there's like loads of people sort of hanging off the carts that's as it's the one, going yeah. around the corner and like people are flying yeah. everywhere and like that's the broken one. bones and, very, and stuff very, yeah. yeah oh very occasionally and there have been known to be even worse than broken bones in the past but yeah. sure yeah yeah and there's kind of like like why would anyone want to do that like what's uh, <laughs> what's the well, point behind it um i yeah i I think the easiest way to describe it is one, it's, it's part of the local culture. Um, actually, I heard that it started off as the, the Kenka Matsuri, which means basically they fight. Mm. And they used to have uh, no fixed route. And so each area of a town has their own Danjiri cart. And the members of that community pull it, push it, ride on it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> whatever, play drums in it. Mm. And they used to go wherever they liked. And if they met coming different directions in a row, they used to fight for the right to pass. Ah, I see. This is what I've heard. But of course, um, that doesn't happen anymore. There's a, a fixed route and they all go around it. Um, so, um, you know, it happens in September, October in this area. So I'm, I'm presuming that it's something to do with the harvest. <laughs> because they, they, I really don't know that much, but they go around to different shrines and pray. But um, that's on a, you know, the culturally historic sort of background to it but I would say that in this area people who are into the Danjiri for them every year is based upon getting prepared for it taking part in it and then remember you know remembering it um mm. it, it is it's a huge thing for the families that really do get into it but also it costs a lot of money for them right they do have to put quite a lot of money into it but um I think a lot of it also is that for one day with people watching them they are all superheroes yes so it's yes. the adrenaline rush yes it's, it's pure adrenaline i think i'd say um, so fantastic yeah. way to burn up some of that testosterone <laughs> oh my god oh yeah it's like yeah i would say it's like watching testosterone on a on wheels it's yeah. you know, flying around yeah, corners yeah, yeah. It's just there's testosterone everywhere in the area when it when it's, it's yeah. yeah it's a pretty crazy event i mean i love watching it um mm. My my son took part in it when he was in junior high school for two years, mm-hmm. and he was right at the front of the. If you've, if you've ever seen it, there's a whole group of mainly kids. They start the young kids right at the front, furthest away from the car because that's the least dangerous play, place. Mm-hmm. And right at the front of the rope, keeping the rope steady, are usually 
three or four 14 year old boys well he did that for two years right um right at the front so i was like great that's fantastic he's nowhere near the cut <laughs> so yeah. there's no danger of injury he came back he was absolutely exhausted he was mm. dead on his feet but you know he he enjoyed it for the first for the two years he did it but yeah yeah recently i've taken part in like some traditional festivals up here in fukushima like carrying yeah. koshi and things yeah and like to look at it, it doesn't look that hard, but when you're actually involved in it, it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. very, very heavy. But you know, and yeah. you are absolutely thrashed at the end of it, and you absolutely, your yeah, body's like bruised and like literally bruised from carrying yeah. thing. Yeah, um, I can all imagine. the muscles hurt, but mm -hmm. it's just the sense of euphoria. And I was like, what is this? This is really crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm in pain here, but I'm really <laughs> enjoying myself, you know. <laughs> and, Japanese festivals are so fantastic. I love Japanese festivals. I mean, they're just so interesting and there's so so much variety too. Um, when yeah, I first yeah. came here, I was up in Ishikawaken and they have a festival in the Nanao town. And I think it was called Dekayama and it takes part in Golden Week. And they have these huge carts. Now they're not like Danjiri, they move very slowly. And to get them around a corner, they actually have to put them on a jack and spin them. Um, but the good thing about that one was that anybody could actually just jump in and pick up a rope and start pulling it. Okay. Um, I'm not sure that they, I'm, I wonder if they can still do that now, what with, you know, health and safety and insurance sure. factors in it. But when I was there 30 years ago, you know, anybody would just grab the rope and start pulling it at some point along the street. But, you know, as I said, the, the pace of it was very slow, so it, it didn't require any kind of, um, special skills or practice, right. <laughs> but good for, good for you. Um, taking part Danjiri, i'd be like oh no yeah, yeah, <laughs> requires no, running no <laughs> it's, not, um, it's not dangerous like to carry the mikoshi it's just yeah, yeah just... very tiring and yeah luckily the weather recently when we did it was perfect for it it wasn't too hot yeah. so that really helped but um yeah just that whole community spirit of like yeah. taking part and doing things that just can't be like you just can't beat it you know like it's yeah it's amazing. fantastic isn't it yeah yeah and it's interesting though isn't it what you said about the health and safety thing like in japan yeah. it's all like everything's like oh no dangerous like safety yeah, everything yeah. except yeah. when it comes to these like super traditional things like riding around like crazy people or, yeah. um <laughs> you know dungeon around town yeah, yeah or yeah. like what we did um carrying this massive mm -hmm. shrine down the down the shrine staircase yeah. and i was like oh my god if we if someone fell we'd all die like we'd all be yeah literally know, like, like if, yeah. if this thing landed on us we'd, we'd yeah. all die but that was okay you know nobody sort of blinked or anything and then the other day i did a it's called it like a sangendo or something it's like mm -hmm. a one of those um pilgrimage routes climbing up yeah. this mountain yeah down in Totori, right? Yeah. And we got up to the top and like, it was so dangerous. Like there was no handrails. It was, you know, like we were walking around the, the pavilions yeah. deck and there's not a single handrail in sight. And if you fell yeah. down, it's like a, like a 50 meter yeah. drop, you know? That would be it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was like, <laughs> yes. if this was not ancient Japan related, mm, 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 it'd be like a mm. hundred signs. There'd be like handrails, yeah. you know, yeah. but this is, you know, related to tradition. So you'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's seriously. Like, that's really uh, weird. <laughs> the the extremes, <laughs> extremes of super dangerous to like overly like yeah. nanny-ish kind of sort of things here. I, I think may, and maybe also it's, you know, a lot of it's part of that. It's not really a society yet where, you know, everybody sues everybody for the smallest thing yet. We haven't got that far over here yet. So I think people, there's a lot more of a sense of self-responsibility. Um, 
you know but as for the the festivals i i mean i do know that they do have insurance they do I mean, we yes. when um my son took part we had to pay for the insurance um that's, that's right. all we did actually pay for but yeah they do have insurance you know even <laughs> they have insurance They're insured, yes <laughs> i'm pretty sure they need it as well <laughs> yeah that's what made me wonder about this um pilgrimage route that we did I was yeah. like because there was someone up, up there who fell and like it looked like they'd either broken their leg Ooh. or their ankle while we were Ooh. climbing right and oh, they had to get in the emergency rescue like the helicopter yeah, yeah, came yeah. in and everything like it was a full-on rescue yeah it's like wow I wonder how that works but anyway um, you know, who pays for that yeah yes <laughs> yes self mm. I don't know self-responsibility possibly right know. yeah is, so that, is that the correct English he was yeah hopefully he was on the, the health insurance system or whatever that might yeah be. yeah gosh that was so, an yeah, experience uh, to see yeah um i mean i love a good rescue i used to live in the forest you know like i used this is what used to happen on a daily basis where i used to live oh, okay um in the middle of nowhere in new zealand yeah in the back blocks yeah, of yeah. new zealand in the mountains and um you know we always have people going missing or needing to be vacuumed Heli back right. out it's all in professional you know language etc being winched out and stuff so yeah i was like oh brings back memories anyway <laughs> it's like being at home <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> helicopters buzzing around but um you know, my thought was well it's a fabulous day to be rescued because it was a beautiful sunny day and it was oh not, yeah it wasn't good view from the helicopter yeah, yeah wasn't it raining <laughs> or windy or anything horrible like that anyway so <laughs> funny yeah. yes so anyway moving on so where okay. are you from helen um i'm originally from uh, halifax yorkshire it's west yorkshire which is in the north of england um and you probably can't tell from my accent now but if i start talking like i do it oh this is what i sound like <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so as soon as i go back i slip into the, the accent um it's a, we we too, have a very, we? Yeah. yeah yeah so we have very broad vowel sounds um, so as I always tell my students, if you learned phonics in, in Yorkshire, it would be so much easier because we call it a, a bus, a bus, bus. <laughs> and uh, like a bun's a bun and things. A bun. Yeah. A bun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's much easier than this, you know, this sort of, sort of tepid bus sound that we make <laughs> mm -hmm. when we speak correct English. Yeah. Right. So, right. It's a beautiful area. I love it. I really miss it. Yeah, I can imagine it must be a bit of a difference from Osaka, right? Like, it yes, totally. Yeah. Although having said that, I mean, when I was at college, I was in Birmingham and in the fifth biggest city in France, in Lille. Um, so I lived in cities then. Right. Um, so I do like a good city, um, but I, I miss the scenery because mm -hmm. we, you know, we were surrounded by the Pennine Hills, so everything's hilly. Mm. You know, we, we, we lived on a hill and you looked across at the other hill um, and everything was just green and you, there's a view. I used to have a great view from my bedroom window. Uh, but now I see into my neighbor's garden. <laughs> at least oh, we, do yes. have, we do have gardens, so I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. so how did you come to be, you know, here in Japan? How does one oh. Yorkshire girl come to be in Japan? Well, I, I mean, I've listened to a lot of other stories about why people came here and, you know, they would study Japanese or they were fascinated by the culture, you know, and my, well, you know, our friend Erin, she has a, um, her own company called Off on a Whim. Well, yes. that pretty much describes how I ended up in Japan. <laughs> it was pretty much on a whim. Um, right. It wasn't so much, um, 
and this is no way uh, meant to offend people in Japan, but it wasn't so much that I was interested in Japan. It was just that I wanted to leave Britain. Um, uh, So in my university days, I studied French and international business. And in my third year, I lived in France for a year. Um, And when I got back to the UK, you know what it's like when you've been abroad, it's Mm. really hard to settle back down. And all I could think about was like, I just want to go somewhere else. Right. Um, and it wasn't anything to do with disliking Britain. I, I just got the bug. I think mm. I just, you know, I'd just been bitten by the bug. I wanted to go somewhere. I wanted to see other places. And I honestly really didn't care where it was. Um, and I was looking at jobs. Uh, but the only thing that uh, I could say about my own personality is I'm not very good with um, taking a plan that doesn't have a sure ending. <laughs> I always okay. like to be kind of safe. Um, so I wanted to get a job where I knew I would have money um, to live and that I knew what I would be doing when I got there. I don't like just sort of taking off and thinking, well, it's something will happen when I get there. I'm not very good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I looked into programs and I applied for jobs in France. And then a friend suddenly said to me, why don't you apply for the jet program in Japan? And I was like, oh, no, I have friends who are applying for it. I don't want to appear as if I'm copying them and he was like no 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 <laughs> you you'd be nowhere near them um and I'm pretty sure that it would really suit your personality I don't know I don't know why he thought that but um he thought it would suit my personality I'm like okay I might give it a shot so I looked into it and I thought well that's it's a pretty good system they you know they mm. they take you out there you've got a salary you've got a, a system surrounding you to spot that sounds pretty good so I applied and that's how I ended up in Ishikawa <laughs> Which is pretty, like, that's not, you don't get much more back blocks than Ishikawa no, again, really. No, And I remember on the form, you had a choice. Do you want to be in city country or you don't really mind? And I remember ticking, I don't really mind. And I thought, this is what happens. And they happens were like, yes, someone to send to the middle yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, literally, this is what happens when you tick that box. You end yeah. up in a place where nobody's ever been before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yes, I was in Ishikawa. That amazing. Yeah, 30 years it, ago. It was. Um, I mean, I ended up, I was in the uh, Noto Peninsula of Ishikawa on the Japan sea coast. I was teaching in, an, it was then an all-girls school. There were only about 360 students in the whole school. Um, it was a pretty specialist school. There were two classes for home economics and one class for nursing students. Mm. And it was in a little village called Tatsurahama. And I think I was the f- I was the first foreigner to ever set foot in that village, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and and the, the funny thing about it was the teacher, there were two English teachers and one was a really young English teacher and we're still friends. And, um, and she apparently applied. She, she, she saw the information about the JET program and she said, oh, that'll be good. And she applied for a teacher without consulting her school. <laughs> Mm. And so they got they got all the information. Oh, you're getting a teacher. And they were like, "What?" Mm. <laughs> um, so that was pretty much on her whim. I ended up in that school. Oh my goodness! Um, and it was it was interesting. We'd walk through the the town, and literally, I would see kids sort of like starting to run, and then other kids would join them, or they'd be peering out of their window <laughs> as I walked past. And it's, it was, the yeah, it's the foreigner. It's the foreigner. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly what it was like my Mm. first year it was you know wherever I went I would uh, get back to school on the Monday and I had students coming from the whole prefecture and 
they would say, oh, yeah, you were wearing Kanazawa on, on mm-hmm. Saturday. I'm like, we yes, it wasn't. Yeah. We saw you hugging your friend in the station. Mm-hmm. Um, you were eating yakiniku at such and such a restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, you were buying underwear in the local supermarket. That was the best one I got. <laughs> right. Good Lord. You know, I yeah. had absolutely no, no privacy whatsoever. But, mm. you know, it was, it was fun. <laughs> it was so I like to call that the C-class celebrity. Oh yeah. You know, everybody knows you, knows what you're doing, but you don't get any benefits of like endorsements or (laughs) Oh no, nothing, nothing. Uh, just no privacy. I was I think we were actually on I was on TV several times. Yeah. Doing doing very strange things, you know. (laughs) Foreigner (laughs) foreigners taking part in a sports event. Oh, she can't run. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) That's newsworthy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was it, it was an interesting um experience i have to say i did love it though it was a beautiful place would have been wonderful yeah yeah you didn't yeah. mind that yeah yeah two, <laughs> yes the two years was enough you know i mean i was like i have to get away from the cameras now so mm. <laughs> you know but i did love it it was i would love to go back i haven't been for quite a few years to visit so i really need to go yeah you know so after that you know you've got what well, now you have two kids who are growing up and they're studying yes. and all this and yeah yeah i have uh two kids so my daughter is she will be 22 in july can't believe that mm. and my son is going to be 20 in october and so my daughter is in the uk she's been there for almost three years now and she has literally just finished her final exams at university and is now waiting for the results oh, and fingers crossed. yeah, yeah. Fingers, every, everything crossed seriously yeah. <laughs> everything is crossed um and my son is he decided to follow his love of music and he's studying music performance at the education university here in osaka and right. he, so moved, he moved one, out one overseas and one studying yes. at home right yeah but mm. but he's he actually moved out of home in april so he's living near the university now so we're officially empty nesters <laughs> no kids wow no kids mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it, it's a very yeah it was a very strange feeling at the beginning when especially after my son moved out mm. um you know it's quiet but the living room is now tidy <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah the living room is now tidy it's oh. if everything stays where i put it <laughs> yeah you know, oh but, wow and so What's it like with having a child who sort of goes overseas for university? How does that work? Uh, in terms of how I deal with it or how do we yeah, get with it? Like, how did that, like, you, I mean, see, you've got one who's in Japan and one who's yeah. studying overseas. Like, um, Well, it was interesting because my kids were brought up here. They were born here. And from the, the age of two months old, they went to the local nursery schools. Mm. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, they were actually, you know, purely Japanese. Um, Mm. I did try with the English and they were, you know, better than average at English because I took them home um, every summer so that they would know their grandparents. Um, That was one promise I'd always made. This is a little bit of an aside, but Mm. um, when I came to Japan, I remember my dad saying to me, ah, you know, I'm really happy you're going where you want to go, but you're not going to get married over there, are you? And I was like, ah, oh, dad, don't be nuts. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. And he, <laughs> famous and, last words, yeah. Uh, yeah, famous last words. And he said, yeah. And I was, he said, you know, I just, I have friends who have, you know, family in New Zealand and Australia, and they've never even met their grandchildren. I don't mm. want to ever be like that. And I was like, and I said, okay, dad, I tell you what, I will promise you here and now, 
if I ever do get married abroad, I will always make sure you know your grandchildren. And mm. it, was a, it was made in jest. So um, uh, little, that, little did I know that <laughs> I would yeah. actually have to work hard at keeping that promise. But, um, but that's a promise I always remembered and a promise I always decided that I wanted to keep uh, in that my children would know their British grandparents and that they would know their Japanese grandchildren. So, you know, we, we did our best to get them over there at least once a year. Mm. And so the kids would go over and they would switch to English you know, it wasn't perfect, but they would switch to English and they would get on with their grandparents and they had a great relationship with them and they loved it. Uh, and my daughter particularly, I found that she was very Japanese. You know, she was, she's very, Jap- her, her taste mm. in everything were Japanese, taste in food were Japanese. Um, mm. But when she went to Britain, she would just switch over and she'd be quite yeah. happy to, you know, eat British stuff and she'd talk English and then she'd come back and she'd switch back. So mm. she kind of used to go between the two cultures like one or the other, never both together. Um, my son, on the other hand, he was more, he didn't really care where he was, what he was eating, what he was speaking. <laughs> you know, he really didn't mind. Uh, and strangely enough, as they've got older, they've become the opposite, I would say. Um, so he's more of a, a homebody. He's not particularly Japanese, but he has his own space and he, he has his own way of doing things. Um, and she went to... My daughter went to the UK on her own when she was in her, the end of her second year at senior high school. Mm-hmm. And she, she'd gone to an, a regular school, but on an international course. So she was doing a lot of English and she came back and she just said, mom, I've decided I'm going to go to university in Huddersfield, which is the next town over. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, so from today, I'm going to be speaking English only to you. Oh and literally, gosh. she switched. Wow. <laughs> and from that day onwards, she spoke only English to me. She said, I need to get the IELTS. So we sat down, we got the books out. And, mm. you know, up until then, I tried my best to try and teach her. But she was, you know, when they're kids, yeah. you like, you do, let's do some English five minutes. They mom, I don't yeah. want to do it anymore. Yeah. This is boring. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not boring. It was like, there would be tears. There <laughs> would be tears. I don't want to do this. It's like, right. Like, I'm not torturing you. It's a phonics book, you know. <laughs> But so she just, you know, so she just switched over and she, she buckled down and um, her teacher said, I want her to try the IELTS, you know, once at the end, before the end of the year. I'm like, really? It's, it's a really expensive test. I'm pretty sure she's not ready for it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, yeah, but I was like, okay, if you say so. So she took it and she actually got the grade she needed the first time around. Um, and it was, you know, it was hard work. I mean, it wasn't a given because she has me as a mom. She, she worked really hard at it. Um, but as I said, she just switched and she just decided then and there she was going to the UK and that was what she was going to do. And, um, so then we went through how to apply for it. Um, cause the schools here had no idea. Sure. So it, it was pretty much up to me to get it all done and find out. And so we did the application through the regular, um, what do you call it? Is it the name? Is there, there's a site, <laughs> UCA, something like something like that. UCAS, UCAS, I think it is. Um, the university clearing system, and you go through that, and you have to apply online now. Um, and then they have to give in a personal statement. They get a, a a reference from a teacher at school, which has to be in English, and that goes through to the university. And then the university gets back to you. And she was um, originally they said because she came from a Japanese school she would have to go on a foundation course to get her English up to scratch and her 
study skills up to scratch but I was like an extra year that is literally going to kill my family um, we, we probably can't do that um, and when the offer came it was an unconditional offer straight onto the course so we, we were like hallelujah um, and she went straight onto the course and yes yeah, she has struggled with a lot of it but she's worked really hard and She's made it so far, so we're really hoping that she'll, she'll have done okay for the finals. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so, yes, it was a pretty interesting experience for us both to go through that together. Yes. Um, so that's something we did together, which was great. And I said, she, she, as soon as she got the offer, she's like, right, I'm going next month. <laughs> and we're like, oh, wait, just a minute. Um, you don't start until October. She's like, I'm going next month. So she got a ticket and she was off in June. So that's exactly three years ago. Wow. So yeah, I'm like, I'm super fascinated about this, obviously, as a mother of a four year old and a seven year old, like, yeah, how does this work when your kids get older? Like, <laughs> obviously, exactly. you have to let them do their thing, right? And just well, help honestly speaking, you, you know, yeah. as somebody who came to live abroad, I couldn't, my, you know, my mom, if she listens to this, she'd be saying, yeah, yeah, I got, I got my own back on you. Yeah, you got <laughs> I'm, I'm like, because I, I said to my mom, it was your fault. You took her around the campus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you took her around the campus. It was part of your little plan. Um, <laughs> to get you. But, yeah. I, I, yeah, literally. <laughs> I can't get you back home. I'm going to get my granddaughter here. Um, but no, I mean, honestly speaking, I, as somebody who, couldn't wait to move away from home. Not because I don't love my family. I think they're great. Probably because I do love them. And I always had the freedom to make my own choices. Mm. I just wanted to see somewhere else. I wanted to see other places. Um, and so I, I get it. And I really want her to do what she wants to do. And do I miss her? Oh my God, yes. Um, you know, for, th for three years, I was stuck with two men in the house. Because you know? <laughs> uh, we, lost, we lost my mother-in-law, who was my absolute um saving grace in this household she she lived next door to us and she right. was my she was my um go-to person for mm -hmm. advice mm -hmm. she would tell me what to do and if if i had arguments with my husband she would always be on my side and we lost her just uh, well exactly four years ago this sunday so we lost her and then my daughter went. Right. <laughs> so it was just me and the two boys. And I'm like, I don't want to be alone with just men. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. So it, it was hard, but, um, but I think it's actually been, it's been great. Uh, you know, it's not like when I came to Japan, um, no. I could call, I could yeah. call my mom once a month, um, yeah. you know, at great expense for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And uh, with with Nina, I can we can talk online. We chatted online yesterday. Um, you know, we can talk when we need to. I can message her, and if I'm lucky, she replies back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There have been times in the you know the last few years where she hasn't, but um, but you know, fortunately, we've got to the stage now where you know when she wants to ask for advice, she often asks me, um, "What do you think about this?" or whatever. So I think it's it's been good, and I think it's been a great experience for her. So. No regrets at all. Very good. It, it is what it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all have our own lives to live. So Yeah. And I guess, like, yeah, I can remember when I was in university, um, how many years ago would that have been? I can't calculate. 20-something <laughs> years ago. A right? few, a few. Um, yeah. I, like, I lived, my family lived down at the bottom of New Zealand in the, in the back end of New Zealand. And I went to university in Wellington, which you had to go mm -hmm. to a different island to get to. Yeah, yeah. Flying. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. Like at that time, 
it was probably about the same cost and the yeah, same sort of yeah. concept of yeah. going internationally right now. We just yeah. live all around the world and, yeah. and that's kind of normal, isn't it? And yes. yeah, I yeah. used to like, you know, just talk to my parents once a week, even then. And that was a big, like, you know, yes. yeah. in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just like, yeah, any day of the week and any time I can flick a message to them. And yeah. Yeah. They, they're, 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 easier, you know, yeah. At the other end, you know, they've got it in their hand at the other end of the, of the other side of the world. They have the same little, little box that we have in our hands. And, yes, you know, they're, you so, can get, get in contact with them very easily. It's, it's totally different. Um, yes. It does make it so know. much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing beats a good hug, but, you know, it's, um, it, that's true. It, it'll do in between, it'll do. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah yeah and oh. so you you've mentioned that um you know you've raised two kids but also while you're doing that you've been working and now you have your own english school yes i do very well from the sound of it it's it's yes it, it is it's um keeping me happy it's keeping me busy and it's keeping me happy um yeah so i came here straight from college um on the jet program and after two years, I decided that I wanted to move to Osaka because I missed the city life that I'd had mm. in my university days. And I worked in a conversation school for about a year and a half. And then I got back into the high school system. And that's where I stayed for 16 years. Um, but you know how frustrating it can be here doing this kind of job. Um, I mean, I had, such, I had great experiences in the schools that I worked at. Um, but, it, you know having to re reapply for your own job every single year was a bit frustrating. Yeah. Um, you know, no pay raises, um, nothing. And, you know, the more experience you got and you're still allowed to do the same thing. Yes, um, yes. I did end up in a school for the last five years where they gave me um, great freedom um, to create courses to actually um, grade the students. And they were fantastic. They showed a lot of trust in me, uh, which meant that I ended up overworking. <laughs> um, but, mm. Yes, I did that for 16 years, but it was good because it meant that um, I could do that and bring up the kids. As I said, they went to nursery school from two months old, but I could take summer holidays with them and I could get home at Harper's Four and pick them up. Um, so it worked well while they were small. Um, and then I worked in a nursery school for five years in the management side, um, organizing events, working in the office, dealing with phone calls, um, paperwork ordering things, mm. uh, which was also an amazing experience. Um, but again, frustrating for reasons that I wasn't allowed to do what I want to do. Right. Um, and so, and after a, about two years working with somebody else in a school, um, it didn't work out. And my students said, please continue. And so it, it just so happened that, as I said, my mother-in-law had passed away the year before and her house was next to us. And it was a really, really sudden decision. I was like, okay, I have no job at the end of this month. My students want me to continue. What can I do? I'll just open an office in one of the rooms next door. Uh, and it just kind of took off from there. The first year I kind of sort of just went with the flow. And then from the second year on, I advertised for the first time got more students in and I haven't advertised since so um wow and it's just built up with word of mouth I had um I now have 48 students um I teach from the age of elementary school first grade up till you know however old you want to be when you want to learn English <laughs> sure yeah so there's a huge like from seven to 77 maybe I would say mm. um and I have elementary school classes I have teenage 
classes and then I have what I call my afternoon tea classes where I bake. Oh, so right. yeah. Yes, yeah, so I, I bake cakes every week and they have bilingual recipes. So if anybody is interested in how to bake cakes in a Japanese oven, um, I have lots and lots of recipes on my website and they, they're, if you click down to the bottom, it's not a perfect website. I made, I made it myself. It's not great, <laughs> but everything's up there. And if you scroll down and find a recipe you like and scroll to the bottom of that recipe, there is a PDF file link to each recipe that you can click on and download or print off the recipe. Um, they're Brilliant. not, so, and you can just, um, it's adapted for Japanese ovens and ingredients you can find in Japan. So. Hopefully people can find something on there. They, they might want to try and bake. Yeah, that's uh, great. And so like all the measurements are Japanese measurements. Yes. Too, yeah. Right? They're, yeah. That's they're really all helpful. for, yes, yeah. they're all, it's all adapted for Japanese ovens. So I mean, I'm, I'm not a professional chef. I didn't create most of these recipes, but I did adapt them. Um, that's great. You know, for ingredients you can get here. And as I said, I converted all into Japanese mm. temperatures and, and measurements and things. So brilliant. And it's, they're bilingual. So, it you can give them be. to your partner who can cook them. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, 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 yeah. They may not be perfect, but yeah, you yeah. should get the gist. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's been, yeah, so it's, it's been fun. Um, and I've realized that I'm really, really happy when I can just be in total charge of what it is that I do. So, um, you know, because you're probably the same as me. A lot of people, well, for a long, long time here, I was thinking, okay, I studied French and international business. I shouldn't be doing this. This isn't the job that I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of people who end up here do end up feeling that, like that mm. for a long time. Um, cause you end up in a job because it's the job that you can get. Um, and I kept thinking, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing, but I've actually realized in recent years, that actually I actually like teaching. I like teaching. And what I didn't like about what I was doing before was having no control. Yes. Um, and you know, not being allowed to use, the skills that I have. Mm. And so I actually love running my own business. Um, right. I do. The only thing that I uh, ask other people to do is my accounting. Mm -hmm. So I have, a, I have an accounts program and I pay for an accountant because I've never been into account. I didn't like accounting when I was at university. You do, right. I was talking to my daughter last night. My worst exam in my family was financial um, international um, finances, I think it was, and I hated the course. Anything to do with figures, I just hated. Um, so for me, it's perfect. I can pay for somebody yeah. to do that, and it keeps me happy. But everything else, I do myself. Um, occasionally, get my family to help check my Japanese for me because it's it's all self-taught. So I'm pretty sure there are some real um, um, interesting mistakes out there, <laughs> things yeah. that I've written. Yeah. But um, yeah. who, who cares? It doesn't have to be perfect. So. Yeah. I just want to encourage communication. So that's exactly pretty much it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I, I was the same in that, you know, when we, and especially when you first get here, you like yeah. what you can get and you don't know that you can like, yeah. maybe you don't, maybe you do like teaching, but maybe you don't like teaching elderly people or yeah, just yeah. like teaching kids or maybe yeah. you hate teaching kids, but you love teaching <laughs> elderly people. And so yes. I'm like that. I'm like, yeah. I don't teach children. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, lots of mothers come up to me and they're like, could you yeah. teach my child? And I'm like, I'd love to, but I don't teach children. Don't do that. I would love to, but seriously, so um, yeah. why don't you go and see this person who actually is a very yeah. good teacher? Yeah. So I forward people onto someone who can help them. But yeah. I'm like, my market is mm -hmm. the older. Yeah. 
person. They're great, aren't they? Yeah, I do. I do love. I love my ladies' classes. We have such fun, and they teach me such a lot of things about, you know, not just Japanese culture, but things that they've gone through, or you know, even small, you know, little hints of things that you can do and where you can buy things, what you can do to change things, and yeah, we learn such a lot from each oh, other. And, yeah, definitely. And they're really interested too. You know. Yeah, and they're so reliable and always show up on time. And... They are. And recently I, I had a little contest um, for them on, I use the Line app mm-hmm. uh, for my students specifically so that I could, because I have so many now, um, that it's, it's easy for me to send out sort of notices that I know that they can all read. And yeah. so I did a little contest recently and uh, for every week for a month I set them a little task to do and they had to do it and send it to me via Line. Mm. And the ones that took part in it were all the ladies, all the teenagers, like none of them. Like, <laughs> you know, they didn't care. Um, but all the ladies from my afternoon tea class, they, they just really, they were really, really, you know, enthusiastic. And they, they said, oh, we really enjoyed it. Um, you know, because I've done, I've done Facebook giveaways, but I found that Japanese people actually don't really um, enjoy writing on Facebook. Well, they don't, they're a little bit wary about writing comments on a public site like Facebook. Um, particularly the older generation they they don't really understand how it works so that the lineup really worked well for that yes they tend to be online don't they and yes they, yes for some reason even though it's so hackable um, apparently yeah. <laughs> trust yeah. the, the lineup more than Facebook. yes so we yes kind of have to yeah them where they are don't we yeah yeah in that respect yeah. sometimes yes mm. yes yes exactly so <laughs> and that was uh, that was some advice i got from um, our lovely friend jackie miyabayashi she said, why don't you try the line app? Yeah. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll work on it. And so I worked on it. It took a bit of getting used to it. Um, I have a line at account. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. Yes. Which are uh, good for business, aren't they? Yes. Yes. And when they reply to it, nobody else sees the response, which seems to be the key for a lot of people. Nobody, mm. they don't want anybody to see what they've written. So that's right. That works yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a bit of a mystery what the line at thing yes i think i need this but i don't know what it does and i really have no idea how it works but yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) right yeah so if anyone's thinking about that give the line at app a try and yeah yeah. as a business on there and yeah particularly if you if your market is um mainly japanese yes Mm. i would really recommend it um that's something they feel comfortable with so Mm. okay yeah so um yeah, so you've got your school going, and you. But you also, um, you said you suffered from burnout along the way there. Yeah, I Tell did. Tell us about that. What happened? There? Um, well, I have been, as you know, I've been in Japan thirty years, and you know what it's like here as a foreigner. Um, you think that you have to do everything in the right way, um, and so I was working full time. I was bringing up my kids. Um, I'm pretty independent and pretty stubborn when it comes to doing things. And I always wanted to do everything myself. So when, even when it came to sending in forms for the university, not the universities, <laughs> the nursery schools, mm-hmm. universities, the kids that do them yourself, um, but the nursery schools every year, you know what it's like, you have forms to fill in. Yes. Um, for some reason I felt the need to do that myself, even though I don't speak Japanese, well, I don't actually know written Japanese. So I would get my husband or my mother-in-law to fill out the first form. I would copy it. And every year after that, I would, you know, <laughs> religiously copy every word for word oh, in my right. bad Japanese. I wow. just, you know, I just wanted to be able to do that for myself. Um, I ended up doing, I was working full time. 
uh, when the kids went to school, they joined the after school club. And somehow in my first year there, I ended up drawing the short straw for the head of the parent association. Right. <laughs> it was like, you know, pull lots. And they're like, oh, you've got mm-hmm. the kite show job. I'm like, what is that? And they're like, just, <laughs> and they gave me a, I'm, literally, they gave me um, a bag full of documents. They said, oh, if you read this, you'll know what you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, I'm, and I'm just, I remember walking home thinking, what did I just get? <laughs> what, is just, what has just happened? And so I ended up, but, you know, and I kind of negotiated my way through the whole system. And being me, being me, I, once I'd worked it out, I was just like, well, this isn't working right. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is crazy. There are 50 kids in this, in this you know, association and only four parents get stuck with the work every year. This mm-hmm. is crazy. We're, they're all in there because we're all working. Mm. And so what I ended up doing was I said to them at the end of the first year, I will agree to stay for another year as the Kaicho if you will all agree that we're going to split this work between all 50 of us. <laughs> and Ooh, so and I, how did that go? And they were like, okay. <laughs> so I did. So that's nice. what I did. And I split the work. So, but, you know, but in the process, I'm like working full time. I'm sure. bringing up the kids. I'm trying to do this. The year later, I did the, get the PTA job as well I have to do you know because you, you end up with the PTA job as well you get stuck with that and and you know whatever I do I'm a bit of a perfectionist as you can probably tell and I was trying to do everything exactly right mm. um, I was trying to be Japanese very Japanese yeah, yeah trying to be in the Japanese way and I was I, I think I ended up suppressing my own personality so much and I was just so tired and I had all sorts of other sort of mini health problems going on at the same time the age thing and um, I wasn't getting enough sleep and eventually I got to the state where I was so tired I couldn't even put my glasses on because um, oh putting my glasses on my, just my eyes were so tired and my husband kept saying this is not right mm-hmm. and I was having headache after headache after headache and um, and he eventually said oh I found this this great doctor online she said that she treats the cause of the headaches rather than the headache themselves and I went to her and she just like, she said, you look as if you've had all of your energy sucked out of you. Mm. <laughs> she said, basically, you have completely burnt out everything you have. Right. Um, so it was pretty tough for a couple of years. I was suffering from, um, well, quite not, not severe depression, but I was suffering from depression in the fact that I was suffering from the symptoms of depression in that I couldn't, you know, going on a train, um, I felt really overwhelming. Mm. Uh, I had to listen to music, um, close my eyes, just pretend I wasn't in Japan. Um, I mean, and the other thing is it wasn't about being in Japan. It was about me trying to sort of not stand out in Japan. And I felt that everybody was looking at me. Um, and I just, I found it really hard to be out of the house. I was having dizzy spells every time I went out. Um, it was, it was a tough couple of years. It really, and it took me two years to sort of claw my way back. Um, to some kind of normality um and ever since then i've been pretty good at not you know taking on too many things Mm. um but i've sort of come to realize i think and i think a lot of people go through this uh when you're in japan the first 10 years are so exciting um everything's different and you're like i love this society and then about the 15 year mark is when it really starts to hit you that this is where you are and maybe it's not going to be very, very easy for you all the time because you are in a foreign culture. Um, and then you start 
to wonder if you're doing it right and you think, well, I've been here long enough, I should be able to do this better. Um, and even actually just doing day-to-day -day things. And I, I'll, I'll say to a lot of people, you know, re doing day-to-day -day things in a different language in itself is twice as tiring as doing it in your own language and in your own culture. And you don't realize that. And that That's fatigue right. kind of, yeah. that fatigue just builds up and it builds up. Um, it does, yeah. Uh, and then you sort of, when you get past that, I mean, now I'm just, it's just okay, I can't, recently, this was um, a revelation for me. Um, I actually quit our neighborhood association. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this in a loud voice. But, uh, <laughs> because, you know, um, there was, I've never taken part in any of the events because I've always worked. I've never been able to. Um, and I was going to park cleaning four times a year. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, and I don't mind paying the money for the association. And I said this time, it's not the money. It's just that we were about to, uh, you know, how the, they have the yakuin jobs that go around. You, you end up doing yes. a role. Um, we were due to get the role of the yakuin for our little area here mm. from this April. And I just said, but my husband and I will not be here in July. We're going, <laughs> we're going to my daughter's graduation. And I just thought, I don't want to have to worry about my neighborhood association when I make decisions about when I go home. Mm. Um, and I thought, what will happen if I quit? Will Will the sky fall fall, mm. fall on me? Um, you know, and surprisingly, nothing's happened. Right. You know, it's not been a problem. My neighbors are still friendly to me. Um, I just don't get the little messages saying park cleaning at seven o'clock on Sunday on Mother's Day. Right. <laughs> so it's been actually mm. a revelation that people don't actually worry about these things as much as I did. Right. Um, you know, mm. people. I found that people don't actually expect me to be Japanese. Uh, they don't expect me to do the thing the same way. Right. Um, and so maybe I should be a little bit kinder on myself and maybe we should all be a little bit kinder to ourselves and not expect that we can do things in the same way that everybody else does here because we're not the same. Mm. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's and it's okay. not like you didn't try. I mean, God. No, 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 no. I've tried. I tried. <laughs> Believe me, I've tried. I've yeah. tried. But, the uh, expectations, yeah. isn't it? Like, just yeah, these sort of unrealistic, potentially unrealistic expectations for ourselves is what. Yeah, I think exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And particularly those of us who are like perfectionists or who um, think that we have to do everything the right way, um, it can be actually quite uh, tough for us over here or in any culture that's not your own because you you do find yourself working way too hard at things without realizing it. And it creeps up behind you. So that would be my mm. advice to anybody. Don't let that happen to you. Mm. You know, you don't have to do everything um, the way that other people do just because, you know, you stand out. And if they talk about you, well, who cares? You know, they're going to talk about you anyway. They, they're already talking <laughs> you know, about you. They're already yeah. talking about you. You know, whether you do it right or whether you do it wrong, you're still going to be different. And that's okay. Yeah, you know, can't and get away the, from that. Yeah. yeah, you can't get away from it. And the majority of people are fine with that. You know, if you just mm. be who you are. Just yeah. be yourself. And, you know, I found that people actually, that's what people like about They just like me to be myself. They don't really care that I'm not Japanese. Um, mm -hmm. And the ones that do, probably, you know, we wouldn't have a great relationship anyway. So, yeah. Worry less. <laughs> and that's, that's after 30 years of experience. So <laughs> don't, don't, don't kill yourself trying too hard. It's, it's yeah. not worth it. it. It was two years out of my life. I'll never get back. So mm. it's just not worth it. So what do you do now to maintain the 
Uh, well, I, I've got to the stage now. I mean, it's, it still happens. I still overwork because that's the way I am. But I do recognize the signs now. And actually, I've just recently taken up yoga, <laughs> which is a, I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, and I'm not good at the meditation part, but I'm hoping that I will improve. Um, so I'm just, I just, and I'm just trying to, and another thing that I've really made um, a point of doing recently is because when you're self-employed, it's so easy to work at any time on any day. Yes, um, definitely. Uh, I'm sure you know that. Um, I mean, my working hours for the school are Tuesday to Saturday and I work all day, literally. Um, and I've realized that I use the word literally quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Like, nothing oh, like being on a podcast to make you yeah to make you, you realize say. i use that word all the time oh dear um yeah so i've made a point now of not working on my two days off which is sunday and monday and i've kept to that for the last two months and has it been better for me yes it has so very good uh, yeah. yes um, it's so hard isn't it when it is home you can work all the hours it's never oh, you can. yeah there's there's always something you can find to do it's like okay i could write a blog today i have nothing and you know if, if you're at home doing nothing you think well i might as well do some work but no <laughs> don't do it go out and have a walk um so yeah. that's what i'm that's what i'm working on now it's it's still a work in progress but i am um, i'm doing much better than i was two months ago so that's awesome. Um, yeah. It's good to be able to recognize the signs, you know, because people who burn out, the tendency are you, you probably will be at risk of doing it again because it's who you are. It's the kind of person you are. So uh, recognizing the signs and then doing something about it, I found is the best way of dealing with it. So, um, and just remembering back to those two years when I couldn't function and lost all my confidence. I don't ever want to be like that again. So that's good enough um, yeah. motivation. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And we do have to be wary of that in, in Japan. Yes. yes. Because if you do burn out, you know, potentially you don't yes. have a great, you know, system of people around you to hold yeah. you up, you know, yes. while you exactly. recover. Yeah. Yeah, we exactly. We really have to look after ourselves physically. And we do. In this country, right? Yeah. I said, I mean, I was lucky. I found a great doctor um, and my mother-in-law was always great and very supportive. And, you know, and my husband, I mean, he, when he, you can always tell when he's worried because he kind of starts getting really grumpy. So he'd be like, it's really strange. You shouldn't be so go to the doctor. I'm like, I'm eating my dinner. He's like, I don't care. Go to the doctor now. And that's his way of showing concern. But if, if he hadn't pushed me, I wouldn't right. have gone. Right. Um, so, you know, it's having people who notice what you're going through is definitely important. And, mm. and a group of great friends, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Um, mm. Reaching out to people online, which is something I've done more recently you know because the longer you stay here the all your friends tend to go home <laughs> i've had yeah. you know i've lost so many groups i've mean, not door. lost them it's a revolving door you know people who have been such close friends have you know come and gone and mm. you know and that was tough as well um and i was kind of wary about opening myself up to that kind of heartache again mm. um but in recent years, I've become more open to meet, meeting people online, people like yourself. Um, yeah. I, met, I met Jackie online and that was yeah. one of the best things I ever did was, you know, met, you know, talk, you know, sort of commenting on one of her posts and she's like, where do you live? I'm like, oh, let's get together for coffee. And, you know, and, and she, she's are. great. Yeah. She's a yeah. great support now. So, so yeah, here we are. Don't discount the online eh? as a, as a, yeah. as a chance to meet one. It is. People. Like, it is. It is. Um, I've met so many amazing people that I would never have a chance to meet if it weren't for Facebook and yes, Instagram. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've even met amazing. somebody online that is from my hometown. 
She yeah. lives in an, she lives in Tokyo. <laughs> I know who you're talking about, right? Really? She, is it the same name as you? Uh, oh no, she comes from the town oh, next that's, to me. Oh, sorry, she's from the town next to you, right? Not <laughs> yeah, the same yeah, yeah, town. Yeah. yeah. So she, she's from the town that my daughter is at. <laughs> oh right, yes, yes. You yeah. recognize yeah. that name? Yes, that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So we met online. Um, so it, yes, it's been great. I've met a lot of great people online recently, and it can, and especially when you're in a uh, an isolated community, I think it can be a real godsend. It's um, you know, it's it's it, even if you just want to chat online and tell people about what day you've had, I think it's a great thing. So mm. you know, if you, if you if you're still a little bit, little bit wary about it, don't be. Um, do be wary of people who are hacking your friends' accounts. I had that recently, though. <laughs> oh right, but yeah. um, but you know, but in these in the forums, there are some really good forums out there. Yeah, um, right. where you meet different people. Uh, We're so, so it's, lucky it's to great. have this technology. Aren't we? we are, we are. It's mm. been great. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And like, and I'd just like to ask you one more question before we sign okay. off, and that is, yes, what do you, what plans and ideas do you have for the future? Well, um, as you say, it's probably a a pipe dream. Well, not a pipe dream. Maybe it's a little dream I have. Well, I have two little dreams. Um, one of them is the fact that I know, as you said, teaching children takes a lot of energy. Um, I'm 52 this year and I have a lot of kids' classes and I love teaching them. But I do, I do realize that eventually I'm going to run out of the energy to do that. And I would like to keep up with my afternoon tea classes, but I would also like to build some kind of center from which I could start organizing events. Mm. Um, and that is my dream down the line is to transition my school into some kind of um, event space that where, uh, yeah. which would be fantastic um, organizing yeah. things um, you know just to get people together even you know the local community mixing with foreign community I don't really care who comes um, just different kinds of cultural events or interests um, I would like to do that and my other dream which mm. is something I don't know will ever happen but it's something I've always said I want to do was write a book of some kind Oh, yes. Um, so I'm not really sure who would want to listen to me waffling on about things, but um, I've always really wanted to write something. And, and actually, we, my husband and I were laughing about this recently. He's, and he said, when I retire, I'd really like to do something with you. And we came up with this notion that we would, we would um, make children's books. <laughs> so he was going to do the illustrations and I'm going to do the writing. And I've decided we're going to call them the Nina and Joe stories after my two kids. So that's lovely. That's, I so love I, it. So that's that's a first. I've never announced that one to anybody. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Yes, that's how, that's how the dream as a family. Yeah, you hear it here first. My husband and I are going to make children's books, the Nina and Joe children's books. He's going to draw the pictures. I'm going to write it. <laughs> Wonderful. And maybe we could make them bilingual. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Because there's, that. yeah, that sounds great. And yeah. what's not doable about that? Yeah, yeah you know, you know, it's, <laughs> you've it's got such... the writing in the pictures. Yeah. We do. Yeah, he's good at drawing. I can write. I think. That's <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love your idea for the the community type center because there's just so many. Like, and this is one of my topics: is loneliness, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, there's so yeah. many lonely, especially elderly people these days. Yeah. Yeah. And like the elderly people in my neighborhood are so bored and they hang out yeah. at the park every day mm, of the week mm, and mm, chat mm, to mm. each other. God knows what they're talking about because they're there every <laughs> single day for two or three hours <laughs> yakking and they You'd have nowhere surprised. to go. They have nowhere yeah. to go. So they end up in this park 
like you know like if it was any other country it'd be like unruly teenagers but it's yeah yeah elderly people get there and i'm just like they need somewhere to hang out which is not exposed to the elements you know like heat of the summer and the freezing cold winter they're there yeah yeah and i I think particularly i mean with japan becoming more and more open and probably the foreign population is going to grow and grow and i think it would be just nice for people to have sort of a a halfway place mm. where they, you know, they're just a common space for people to come and it doesn't matter what nationality they are. It doesn't matter what culture they're learning or what thing they're going to do together. It'd be just a place for them to be able to, you know, mingle and get to know each other and enjoy something together as a, yes. as a person rather than as a, you know, a, a nationality. Yes. Um, yes. No, that, so that's my dream, mm. but you know, who knows? <laughs> and of course okay. I will carry on baking. So baking, that'll help. That'll yeah. bring people together. Food, <laughs> <laughs> cakes. Yes. <laughs> cakes. The cakes. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, no. It's thank been you, wonderful talking to you. Oh, thank I'm you. Sorry that we didn't like, like they haven't met you in person sooner and I'm going to make that happen. Oh no. Yeah, somewhere. definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we will absolutely meet. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. So, and I will look forward to it. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a no, thank you. wonderful day. And Bye. you. It's been Bye. an absolute pleasure. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that was the interview with Helen Autori. And I I hope that, yeah, especially that's the story about her um, wearing herself out completely so that she burned out, yeah, by holding herself to these um, sort of standards that ne- didn't necessarily um, exist for for her or, you know, in, an, in our case, for us. So... I think that was a great a great uh, learning chance for me just to realize it's okay to not be the perfect um, Japanese wife in Japan. I can just be um, the best I can be and do what I can do and ask for help, yeah? Like we don't have to do it all ourselves. Um, you know, people are willing to help if you just reach out and say, hey, I need a hand, I don't understand this or, or whatever it is, yeah? So, for example, um, later today I'm actually going away for the day and both of my kids will come home before I get back. And so I had to reach out to my neighbor across the road who you might have heard me talking about these wonderful neighbors I have. And even though I know they will say yes if they possibly can, you know, um, and even today is a day I know that she's going to be home. It's generally her day off. Um, it's still difficult to reach out, isn't it, sometimes just to just sort of say, hey, could you give me a hand? And she's really excited about looking after the kids for me this afternoon for a couple of hours after school before I get home. And the kids are excited, like they're so excited to go over there after school because they know all the great stuff they'll get to do and all the yummy things they'll get to eat. So, you know, really, it, even though I feel like I'm, it's a burden to ask someone, they're going to enjoy themselves. So, yeah, I should just get out of the way and let them do that. So very, very lucky to have wonderful neighbors like that and to be learning to reach out and, yeah, let people help me. So I'd love to hear your feedback from this episode. And Come and talk to us. Hop into the podcast club, which is over on Facebook. You can find the link 
on how to join that in the show notes. We'll be talking about this episode in there and I'm going to invite Helen to join us in there as well and hopefully you will have a chance to chat to her in there about the episode if there's something you'd like to talk to her about or you can reach out to Helen on one of the um, links that are provided in the show notes as well. She'd love to hear from you and you know if any part of today's episode resonated please do reach out and tell her what a great job she did it was her very first podcast episode too so that was really awesome so thank you so much for listening again and i will talk to you again soon see you next week bye bye皆さんこんにちは。今日のインタビューはヘレンさんと一緒でした。ヘレンさんは に住んでたんですね。で、その時はあの周りの外国人もいなかったのですごみんなすごく優しくて喜んでたけど、なんかあの週末にね遊んでたら学生なんとか駅で見ましたよとかなんとかレストランで見たよとか何々を食べたよね
とか完璧主義者の皆さんは得になりやすいんだって、私もそんな感じがするんですね。あの、完璧主義者はもう全部、その自分に対してすごくストレスかかってしまうんですね。なので、あの、体の、あの、体が、あの、なんか若いうちにはなんとなく大丈夫だけど、あの、どんどんどんどん疲れちゃって、ある日、もう立ち上がるのはできないっていう状態になってしまうんですね。なので、皆さん気を,気をつけて、そういう<笑>、そういうことにならないように、あの、もうちょっと、あなんていうのパーフェクトじゃなくてもいいや、っていう生活を送りましょうっていうあのメッセージでした。で、ヘレンさんは今自分の英会話スクールを経営してるけど、将来に絵本とか書きたいなとか言いましたね。あと自分の近所に集会できるスペースを作りたいなって言いましたね。素敵な夢たくさんあります。じゃあ、ヘレンさんに連絡したい方は、あの、この、このエピソードのショーノーツにいろんなリンクがあるんですけど、White Rose CCC っていう、あの、検索するとなんとか引っかかると思いますね。あと、レシピも、あの、イギリスの、あの、有名な、あの、ケーキとか、甘いもの、のレシピをたくさんあのブログに載せてるので,で、全部日本のオーブンとか日本の材料に、あの、その、あの、なんていうの直したので、あの、ちゃんと作れるように、<笑>それは大事ですね。よくニュージーランドのレシピを日本で作ろうとしたら失敗するんですね、私が。本当にびっくりするぐらい。え、こんなに、衣装のはずなのにと思ったので何回も失敗があってあと日本のレシピをニュージーランド友達に伝えたら向こうも失敗っていうのは<笑>よくあるんですねなのでその絶対にあの成功になるレシピがたくさん載せてるのでぜひ作ってみてくださいじゃあ今日の,であのエピソードについて感想とかありましたらぜひ、あの、ポッドキャストクラブに入ってきて、ヘレンさんとも、あの、招待するので、あの、ヘレンとやりとりはできます。あと、あの、いつもインスタグラムにうるうるをしてるので、私とヘレンもぜひタグしてください。あの、ジェインな方。私はジェインな方で、ヘレンさんは White Rose、W-H-I-T-E-R-O-S-E-C-C-C で検索すると出てきます。じゃあ皆さん元気でね。See you next week. Bye bye.